you can fuck off, he says. The man's expression doesn't alter. He shows no sign of irritation or surprise. It is as though losing the knife is part of a greater and more complex plan, which only he is privy to. After a moment, he bends down, tugs off his sea boots, and puts them side by side on top of the bar. Toss again, he says. The barman rolls his eyes and turns away. I don't want your fucking boots, he says. You have my knife, the man says. You can't back away now. I don't want no fucking boots, the barman says again. You can't back away. I'll do whatever the fuck I like, the barman says. There's a Shetlander leaning at the other end of the bar watching them. He's wearing a stocking cap and canvas breeches caked with filth. His eyes are red and loose and drunken. I'll buy you a drink myself, he says, if you just shut the fuck up. The man looks back at him. He has fought Shetlanders before in Lerwick and in Peterhead. They are not clever fighters, but they are stubborn and hard to finish off. This one has a rusty blubber knife pushed into his belt and a gamey, peevish look about him. After a moment's pause, the man nods. Odd thank you for that. He says, I've been whoring all night and the whistle's dry. The Shetlander nods to the barman and the barman, with a grand show of reluctance, pours out another drink. The man takes his sea boots off the bar, picks up the drink and walks over to a bench by the fire. After a few minutes, he lies down, pulls his knees up to his chest and falls asleep. When he wakes up again, The Shetlander is sitting at a table in the corner, talking to a whore. She's dark-haired and fat, and has a mottled face and greenish teeth. The man recognizes her, but cannot now recall the name. Betty, he wonders. Hattie. Esther? The Shetlander calls over to a black boy who is crouching in the doorway, gives him a coin, and instructs him to bring back a plate of mussels from the fishmongers on Bourne Street. The boy is nine or ten years old, slender with large dark eyes and pale brown skin. The man pulls himself upright on the bench and fills his pipe with his last crumbles of tobacco. He lights his pipe and looks about. He is woken up renewed and ready. He can feel his muscles lying loose beneath his skin, his heart tensing and relaxing inside his chest. The Shetlander tries to kiss the woman and is rebuffed with an avaricious squeal. Hester, the man remembers. The woman's name is Hester, and she has a windowless room on James Square with an iron bedstead, a jug and basin, and an India rubber bulb for washing out the jism. He stands up and walks over to where the two of them are sitting. Buy me one more drink, he says. The Shetlander squints at him briefly, then shakes his head and turns back to Hester. Just one more drink and that'll be the last you hear of it. The Shetlander ignores him, but the man doesn't move. His patience is of the dull and shameless kind. He feels his heart swell, then shrink. He smells the usual tavern stench, farts and pipe smoke and spilled ale. Hester looks up at him and giggles. Her teeth are more grey than green. Her tongue is the colour of a pig's liver.
The Shetlander takes his blubber knife out of his belt and places it on the table. He stands up. I'd sooner cut your fucking balls off for you than buy you another drink, he says. The Shetlander is lanky and loose-limbed. His hair and beard are dank with seal grease, and he reeks of the forecastle. The man begins to understand now what he must do, to sense the nature of his current urges and the shape of their accomplishment. Hester giggles again. The Shetlander picks up the knife and lays its cold blade against the man's cheekbone. I could cut your fucking nose off too and feed it to the fucking porkers out back. He laughs at this idea, and Hester laughs with him. The man looks untroubled. This is not yet the moment he is waiting for. This is only a dull but necessary interlude. A pause. The barman picks up a wooden club and creaks up the hinge of the bar. You, he says.